Today on The Breakdown, you know something that people sometimes say out loud? It's this. I need more Phil Hellmuth in my life. I need the poker brat in my world. I hear that a lot, a lot, and not just echoing in the chambers of my own skull. (laughs) Also, I hear that from many, many people, not just poker players, to be clear. I'm at Whole Foods. Someone's saying that somewhere, or some version of that, maybe not verbatim. Anyway, I got great news for you if you're saying that. This hand has itself a little bit of Phil Hummuth in it. <laughs> Maybe not, not a lot, but just enough. Because really, more, anything more than just a quick appearance by Phil Hummuth is going to be annoying to everyone. So it's probably perfect. What is this hand, you may be asking? Well, it's a tournament. It's uh, a WPT event, actually. The, the Quantum Millions took place in California, and Phil Hellmuth is at this final table. There are nine left, and we're going to break down a hand that is just a little bit odd. It just doesn't really belong, you know? It's, uh, it's like you got a pig over there, you got a cow over there, you got a donkey over there, and there's a bagel. It just does not belong. What is happening in this hand? I don't know, but I'm excited to try and figure it out right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Well, not too much Phil Hummuth content coming your way, just to warn you. <laughs> he, he plays the hand, he sees the flop. So yeah, what the hell? What are you talking about? Do you think they're misusing the word quantum maybe a little bit here? <laughs> maybe a little bit of a misuse of the word quantum. Maybe not. I mean, quantum means basically that uh, a quantum particle can exist in, in two states at once or two places at once, right? Um, Effectively. There's a superposition, yeah. I believe, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> so how is this? I mean, quantum can also, can it also not mean I'm going to have to, you know, really lean on our physicist audience here, the, the demographic that's physicist. Doesn't quantum also, can it just mean like super small? Isn't can that it? part of it too? Let's, let's take, like, let's take I'm a not look sure if that's what, true. What, what does the internet say? Let's find I'm out not the sure. internet's definition of quantum. Okay, this is great. In simple terms, the smallest possible discrete unit of any physical property. So yes, I was right. Such as energy or matter. That feels good. Okay. It makes sense. Still, how is that what we're doing here in this tournament? <laughs> it's the quantum million. So it's really small millions. The tiniest version of millions, which is less than a million. Which first place is indeed less than a million. is $270,000. Yeah, yeah. So, so perfect. That's, that's like a quantum million right there. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Um, yeah. And Phil Hummy's going to be in this hand. If I haven't mentioned that already. Did you? So make sure you listen to this podcast. Uh and I'll say this, the talent around him, may, there may also be a quantum effect on some of that, it may seem. Yeah, like. there might be a quantumation there. Yeah, I will say this too. Just I watched a little bit of Phil in a different hand at this tournament, and I said to Grant, man, Phil Hummuth is so bad. How did he ever win anything? <laughs> <laughs> You're always saying that. I wonder it, though. It's like a sincere question of how does this guy white ever win magic. Maybe anything? White magic. Maybe white magic is real. He beat Antonio three times in a row and heads up. And I will admit he played better the last two times. I know he's getting coaching. He's talked about that from like internet kids. But still, I'm impressed he was even able to take coaching. It's, un- it's surprising. It's surprising. It's quantum. It's quantum effects. 
quantum leap, perhaps. Ooh, uh, the smallest leap. <laughs> That's what that means. I guess that TV show was not well named either. <laughs> no, I think quantum, but there's a quantum state, which is a superposition state, isn't it? Is it not? It isn't just a state of smallness. The quantum state is different. I don't know if that's true. Well, I think, you know, you clearly don't know what quantum means at all. Oh, damn. I'm sorry. That was too much. It was hurtful. I, I fired with both barrels. I know what quantum means, which is more than quantum. It's five of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell any of you. You know, Quint is also the name of the uh, character from Jaws. Yeah. It's like, you give me 2,000, I'll bring you the tail, I'll bring you the fin, I'll bring you the whole damn shark. It's a good deal. It's a great movie. And a good deal. Yep. You know, another thing, just quick Jaws. Oh, yeah, no, please. <laughs> so I read the book. Not only did I see the movie. There's a book? There's a, the movie is based on a book. Why? It was a bestseller. You know, it was a horror monster book, you know, okay. about a shark. Uh, the book is not very good. Big surprise. <laughs> not only is the book not good, I don't know if you remember your Jaws very well, although it really is wonderful. I just remember there's a shark. Well, Richard Dreyfuss is in it. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Steven Spielberg. It's actually the movie that made Steven Spielberg who he is. What about E.T.? Um, that was later, but Jaws got Steven Spielberg everything. But the point is this. So Richard Dreyfuss is in it. He plays a character of sort of like a marine biologist type scientist dude. Nerd. Who comes in and helps out Roy Scheider, who's the, like the, the police chief of the small Rhode Island cool guy. town. Right. So in the movie, they're pals, and they like help each other, and Richard Dreyfuss is incredibly likable, and that's, that's it. And they both survive. In the book, Richard Dreyfuss sleeps with Roy Scheider's wife and then dies early on, in the, like midway through the book, the shark kills. Oh, really different. Not likable at all. He just, he just sleeps with Roy Scheider's wife. Weird. Cool. Weird. This has been your Jaws trivia segment <laughs> of the show. Now, now I know that, and uh, my life is neutral for it. I do have more Jaws trivia, which I'll be, of course, talking about in other episodes of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you got to stay tuned for episode in March of 2022 if you want the next one. I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded with more Jaws trivia. So when we get there, I'm ready for it. How about some quantum trivia? Okay. Here it is. Go. Bet. Because it's so tiny. It's tiny. It's yeah. the smallest trivia. I get it. You no, gotta, I totally get you gotta it. got to answer now. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> hey, this hand was suggested by Daniel Boston. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Daniel Boston. Ah, last name's sure. a city. He's trustworthy. Trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Boston has been in our, uh, in our orbit for a yeah. while, I would say. He's in the orbit. Yeah. Anybody with a city last name, you can trust him. I bank with Steve Shanghai. He's great. How about state last names like Johnny Arizona? Now that's more usually a criminal element, or or he could just be a bar, a small bar owner that nobody likes. Yeah, but also is clearly not paying his taxes. Well, yeah. Why would why would Johnny Arizona <laughs> pay his taxes? <laughs> it's Johnny Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By the way, speaking of that, so this may have already been a meme and happened, and we've moved on by the time people are listening to this because we're recording this probably at least a month before this comes out. But uh, is it Jimmy Meatballs? Johnny Meatballs? One of the... Uh, oh, yeah. In the mob case, and I think in Pennsylvania. Yeah. No, it's New Jersey. It was a New Jersey case. Timmy, Tommy Meatballs? I think it was Johnny Meatballs, but it was a, somebody whose last name was Meatballs. <laughs> well, it's not his last name. It's well, like his nickname. He was the mob, but it's like exactly what you'd expect from The Sopranos. Actually, it's too, it's too ridiculous. No, The Sopranos would, would be it. like, we can't write yeah. that. That's too much. But a guy who is actually called like Johnny Meatballs or Jimmy Meatballs, that's amazing. So... Here's, that guy can't be a killer, though. So here's how, we, here's how we delineate last names. Okay. Your last name is a city. Trustworthy. 
Yep. You can you can give your money to this person. They will hold it for you for for no purpose other than to be nice. Daniel Boston will do it. Steve Shanghai will do it. I know this for a fact. I'm right. good friends with Steve Shanghai. If your last name is an American estate, you're pretty shady. At the very least, you're a tax evader. You might be a criminal of a much higher order. If you're a Johnny Arizona or a Carl Florida, can't be trusted. There's not too many states where you're going to feel good about it. Uh, uh, Janet, Connecticut? I feel okay with Janet yeah, Connecticut, but yeah. I also feel like she's going to talk shit about me behind my back a little Billy, bit. Billy Vermont? Oh, fuck Billy Vermont. Yeah. No, no, no thank you, Billy Vermont. Turn your ass around and go home. Strong. No. Very yeah. strong. No, I feel... But if your last name is a food... Yeah. Get out. Like, get out from... Get away from the last name food person. Like, you don't want that. Denzel Parmesan? <laughs> that guy will destroy you. <laughs> Gene Parmesan, though, from uh, Arrested Development oh, is... Would, was that a good situation? He was a good guy. He was a, he was a wonderful guy. He was also a master of disguise. Do you not know? I know. I know. Gene Reed! <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love that. Gene Parmesan. Anyway, so now that we've taught the listeners a thing or two about who you can trust and who you can Yeah, now you know. You can just profile based on names. Yeah, and, and that's why we've decided to do this hand by Daniel Boston, because we trusted right. him. So we don't even know what happens in the hand. I know Phil Helm is in it. I be, I'm sure he's in it the whole time. I and bet, makes he, a I great bet play. he's a huge part of it. He probably has a big blow up, and everybody's <laughs> got to talk about it. It's going to be great. Yeah, anyway. Okay, here's the situation. Go. This is one of the most top-heavy tournaments I've ever seen, and I don't really understand the quantum millions thing here. I know not just the name, but also the structure. There's like multiple buy-ins. There's yeah. four day ones. Two of them are $160 buy-in, and two of them are $550 buy-in. There are actually at least five day ones. Um, yes, $550 and $160 with the two different buy-in prices. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if you get different kinds of chips. I don't know if there are different pools. I don't know anything. I tried to look it up. I could not find the information, and you know, I petered out after about All a right. minute. So there's that, but there's also the payout structure. Yes. With nine remaining here, it's kind of a big difference between ninth and first but not only that it's a huge difference as you get to the top three yeah lay, lay it out for us okay son. i will in a second because i accidentally lost okay, the page well, i'll start this i know ninth is twenty thousand, eighth is twenty six thousand. yes and seventh is thirty three thousand. so, so nice. you're getting like a 6k money jump and then a 7k money jump yeah sixth is forty two thousand. so now we're up to 9k money jump then fifty four thousand. So we're up to... 12. Well, well, but it's actually more like 11 when I look at the uh, actual numbers. Okay. And then it's 69,000, so now we're up to 15. Then it's 90,000. Wait. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so we're at 21. Yep. And then it's from third to second, 90,000 to 153,000. So 63,000. So 21,000 money jump to $63,000 yeah. money jump. And, and then, then the last one. 268 for first. So 115,000. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. It's weird because tournaments are typically top-heavy, but this is way more top-heavy, especially once you get from third to second. Like, yeah. It's strange. I don't understand. It's also, I mean, I believe they probably had a lot of players in this as well. Yeah. Um, this was a guaranteed million-dollar purse, so there's, there should be no problem. Money, it's very odd. Maybe they paid out, like, way more people than they normally would or something like Why that. Why would that make it more top-heavy? Nope. No good reason. No good reason at all. Maybe they wanted first place to be a certain amount, and they actually yes. didn't meet the guarantee. Yeah, so that way they get so so first first place is always going to be at least two hundred seventy k, and then they're like shit. Yeah, that makes more sense actually. And then it, the, so then the pass are just annoying. Okay, that should really inform people's strategies. You though. should absolutely be playing high variance. Yeah, especially right now. Yeah. Even though we're at the final table, who cares? Like, like you get three go. spots more, you double your money basically versus like you. 10.4x your money right. if you get first. Right. It's a big deal. Yep. 
So yeah, play high variance. So that's where we are. We got nine remaining. 20K is the current payout. 270 for first. Okay. The blinds are 125 and 250K. And I'm going to tell you, the play in this hand is worse than most hands we do. And I guess that makes sense. We're at kind of a small time final table where the biggest possible buy-in is $550. Right. And there's $160 buy-ins as well. So maybe these players are worse than the kinds of players you and I sometimes will play with. We're talking about... It's so weird that the... the swath of hands we talk about on the show. We, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about a Linus love versus Barry sweet heads up hand in which like quantum mechanics were broken during the hand yeah. due to like the level of balance and GTO they were employing in ways that we couldn't possibly understand. And now we're going to talk about shit that in 2006, I would have just started playing poker and been like, that guy fucking sucks. <laughs> like that, that's, but there's definitely interesting things in this hand. It's just interesting how you can, you can go deep on so such a wide range of skill sets of poker hands. Yeah. Well, let's see how deep we can really go. This is one end of it. We'll find out. We'll find out, yeah. All right, so we're going to start off not so well here. I'm I'm going to warn you. This guy named Jose. He's got 10.3 million, so 40 blinds. He's got Queen Jack of Hearts under the gun. He's going to go ahead and limp that puppy. I mean, I wouldn't recommend this, but maybe he's got a limping strategy where he's re-raising some hands and limping others. I mean, we've done that many, many years ago. I doubt that's what's happening here. It's probably he just is limping all the medium strength hands in his range, which is, of course, very bad. And... To be clear, at a nine-handed table, you should probably just be raising or folding queen jack of hearts under the gun. And if you think you're not at any sort of skill advantage and the money means a lot to you, you should just fold it under the gun. I will go so far as to say, if you think you should be folding queen jack of hearts under the gun, you might not be playing. You probably shouldn't be playing this tournament, like whatever tournament it is. Like, what the hell? Like, you can't play queen jack of hearts under the gun. And maybe sometimes there's particular situational yeah. reasons not to play it, right? There's two five blind stacks and you've got 12 blinds. Sure. Right. You've got 20 blinds and you're trying to protect and you're trying to make sure you ladder up. I guess that could be justified. But in a normal situation, if you're going to limp this hand just because it's not strong enough to raise, you shouldn't be playing in the tournament. The tournament's too big for you. Yeah, basically. Cool. All right. So it's going to go to plus three, who's a player named Vuong. Got 11.5 million, so just a little bit more yeah. than Jose. He's got two tens, ten of spades, ten of diamonds. He's surely not going to limp. Oh, wait, I lied. He's going to limp. He limped the tens. Okay, maybe he's worried about the under-the-gun limp re-raise. It's the first hand of the final table. Maybe that's what's going on. That could be what's going on, but we could raise, and we're allowed to fold if we get three bet to any size. Yeah, tens is actually kind of the perfect hand for that. If yep. we just make it 800K, we get to clean up the equity. If... We don't know anything about Jose and he re-raises us. Like, tens are never in good shape against that range. So I agree. it's fine just to lose the 800K, and we probably lost less than we would have otherwise having limped. It's not a big deal. Um, we don't want to let the whole world in by limping, like you're saying. Like, now the small blind and the big blind are... Like, we're going to be forehanded almost always, at least. Yeah. At least. And there's going to be... We're not going to be in position. We raise... Like you said, we, we knock out a lot of things. We get to be in position. We get to define the hand a lot of the time. We have an easy fold if we're, th- if we're a three-bet. Well, luckily for Vuong, he is going to get to be in position because none of the players behind him call no. until the small blind. Which is whom? Alex. Ah. Alex has 10.5 million, so we're all very close in the stack here, around 40 blinds. Alex has ace-eight off. He limps. That's a perfectly fine play. Yep. That's fine. Yep. Then we got Phil Helmuth. Wait, wait. Is that... 22-time champion Phil Helmuth? Yes. How many, how many bracelets does he actually have? Like 14? 15. 15. It's weird, like, because you would think, like, someone who's bad at poker could maybe win one. And I guess in, like, there's someone out there who's going to win multiple bracelets and be terrible at poker. Win two bracelets. How did this guy fall <laughs> backward into 15 bracelets? I guess the first nine or so were, like, 
um, in the era where they were, you were playing against like 22 players and stuff, and everyone was awful. But how about the last six, even? Even that seems to defy mathematics. He's done it. I'll play you heads up, you son of a bitch. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we know. All right, all right. He's fine. busy playing other people heads yeah, up I know, for, for a lot, lot more money. A lot more money. And winning, by the way. Yep, winning every time. So good job, Levy. Phil sucks. Anyway, he's right. going to do this terrible check with Ace Five of Hearts in the big blind. It's um, totally fine. It's obviously fine. He's got five point five million. I got to tell you, he's not going to matter in the hand. That's all the Phil, Phil Homeuth you're going to get. <laughs> That's your Phil Homeuth content. If you want me to put him down more, I will though. Yeah, one or two more. Okay, Phil Homeuth, whiny baby. Phil Homeuth, blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got it. All right, I'm good. All right, so after all this limping, there's one point two five million in the pot, and the flop is eight nine deuce with two diamonds. So the notable hands here are Alex with ace eight and uh, Vuong with two tens. I mean, how about Queen Jack with Queen the Jack. overs in the gutter to the yeah, nuts? That's also notable. Yeah. All right. Alex checks his ace eight. There's definitely an argument for leading and trying to just clean up your equity slash just take it down right now with middle pair top kicker. I really like betting this, actually, even though we're going to sometimes get bluffed off the hand and all that, like out of position of three other players. Almost every card is bad for us on the turn, right? Like We're going to need an ace, an eight or some baby that's not a diamond. That's like most of the deck sucks. I think we should bet. Well, he doesn't. He checks. All right, whatever. Helmuth is going to check his nothing hand. He sucks, though. (laughs) <laughs> all right all right jose is gonna check his gut shot and two overs do you think he should be betting he has he doesn't even have a backdoor flush draw i think it's fine to check this um it's okay if he decided to bet two but i have no problem with him checking without you know checking with the intention of sometimes folding to a bet sometimes calling a bet depending on size and situation but i think it's fine like you don't really have much two diamonds sucks yep he does check vuong is finally gonna bet he's got the two tens yeah he bets 600K into 1.25 million. Fine. Yep. No problem at all. Okay. Now it's on Alex. He's the player in the small blind with ace eight. Again, it's eight, nine deuce with two diamonds. Uh-huh. There's no diamonds in anybody's hand but Vuong's, it looks like. Just the 10 of diamonds? Okay. Yeah. I think, like, where's the I'm pretty ace sure you're eight? right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Alex is going to raise. He's going to make it 1.7 million. Yeah. Hit me up with some thoughts. You got to find out where you're at, you know? No, real thoughts. Oh. Um, he, okay, here's actual potential reasons to do this. These aren't great. Mm-hmm. I don't like that he's out of position here at all. If he was in position, I'd like this play a lot more. I wouldn't love it even then, but I could justify it more. But here's what you're doing if you're doing this and, you, and you're forced to. And you're forced to give a reason. Like, okay. I'm defending the dissertation. Uh, you are, first of all, going to knock out a lot of medium strength hands. Not that you're necessarily trying to, and some, some that are better than you. you're going to fall at some hands that are better than yours. You're going to fall at a nine, a, a, are you, a low are, nine. Are you talking about the players that are yes. between Alex and Vlog? Yes. That's problematic. It was a limp pot and neither of them bet. Yeah. How likely are they to have a nine? Very unlikely. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're beating, you would assume we're, we're beating everyone that doesn't have a nine. It yeah. turns out we're not, but no. we, we're, we would assume that. Um, Okay, well, the other thing we get to do, though, is we get to knock out potentially equity of theirs, right? Because it's a wet board. And they could, they could decide to call if we call. They could, what kind of equity? Flush draws, some, some straight draws. Flush draws and that didn't bet. Flush draws that didn't bet, straight draws that didn't bet. Well, there is Queen Jack behind us. That yeah. would be a great hand to fold out. It would be nice to fold out Queen Jack, but I think a lot of the flush draws and a lot of the straight draws that are better than Queen Jack <laughs> that are open-enders are going to bet. I agree with you. Um, I think they are, too. Now... Maybe not in this tournament, though. These guys are limping. We had an under-the-gun limp. We had tens limping. But one like, of them is Phil Helmuth. I mean, he knows what he's doing. 
despite what you said. Well, he just checked the. He just right. checked. The what message. I'm saying is he could. Like he's probably going to bet a diamond oh. or an open ender. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I would. Yeah. Ex- I would expect Phil's going to bet. That's that's a good point. So really, it's just the one guy. And we're just making the assumption that he's not betting these things. Right. By the way, he didn't bet Queen Jack, which was a potential bet. Right. But maybe he bets an open under. Maybe he bets yeah. a diamond draw. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would think he probably If would. I were going to bet on whether or not he would, I would say yes. Yeah. So now you're going to bet on whether someone would yeah. bet. Wow. How far down the rabbit hole does your problem go? <laughs> really far. Yeah. Most anonymous, my friend. Yeah. I'm going to look into that. The right third after. step is make amends. Why don't you do that one first? Go. Jonathan, yeah, I'm sorry I said that you look like a rat that got a shit taken on his face. Who did you say that to? Oh, that was <laughs> uh, it. Was that girl that you were dating, and then you guys stopped talking? Yeah, I, I don't remember that. It was so weird. Yeah, things <laughs> seemed to be going so well. Yeah, that it happens a lot. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, so my my only good explanations really, and they're not good, is we're doing this to isolate. Really, we're doing this to pick up the pot a lot. And we feel like we're out of position, and this is going to be a hard hand to play. So we assume the button is going to have a lot of folds when we raise, even though the button bet. We assume the other two players are going to bet if they have anything. So not the, He's not the button. He's plus, oh, the guy three. in position. Yeah. Vuong? Yeah, plus three. Okay. Um, so this is going to, quote, work a lot. And there are a lot of bad cards for us. So if we're going to play the hand, you can, you can make a case if we're going to continue. Raising can't be that bad. I question if Wong has enough folds to make it justifiable. Hmm. I think like the combination of us not really needing to clean up equity with Helmuth and uh, yeah. what was the other guy's name? Jose. Not like because they're most likely to bet if they have decent equity anyway. Yeah. So we don't need to do that. Vuong did decide to bet into three opponents on a board that's supposed to hit the blinds decently well. He's in a pot with the blinds. He's usually got something he can call with. I mean, sometimes he has air. Sometimes he has air. But if he's a really good player, which I'm not going to guess he is necessarily. Sure. But let's assume he's a good player for a second. Okay. You'd expect mostly he's going to have calls once he bets into three opponents on this board. He's going to have either diamonds or a draw that he can call with that's not diamonds or some sort of made hand that he can call with that's not diamonds. He, he can have some made hands that he's going to fold, though. He could have like seven, eight. He could have seven, eight. He could have a pocket pair below the eight. And is that good for us with the ace eight? <laughs> well, when you put it like that, um, we would like him to call with all those hands. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, when yeah, when you I feel like my eyes were opened. <laughs> um he might fold the nine. He might bet fold the nine here, just to not get involved. If he's that player, sure, but then we've already decided we're yes, bluffing. Which right? seems crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree. I mean I from the beginning I said like I don't like yeah. any of this. I admit I'm just trying, you know. Yeah, so this is just a bad raise in my opinion. Yep. With the ace eight. This is probably, a, this is a call mostly because we can pretty comfortably say the two guys behind us are usually folding. Yep. Right. Yeah. If, if, um, if we were in the big blind and the small blind bet out and we had two guys behind us, we might just fold this hand. By the it's way, pretty close. we might get jammed on by a hand that we are currently beating. Yep. Like there's lots of hands that play much more comfortably for Vong as a jam than, than a call, like any sort of flush draw or open ender if he decides to continue. Combo draw. Yeah. Yeah. We're 40 blinds deep effective here. So yeah, he could totally just come after us. Yeah. Because he wants to commit. Yeah, this is a problematic raise. This is a bad play. Yeah. Anyway, Vuong, it's back on him after the folds. He's got the two tens. You can't fold. It sucks. It already sucks, though. It already sucks because Alex has most, if not all, of the two pairs available to him. I'm not sure if he's calling with eight deuce and nine deuce off in the small blind. I mean, that would knock out a lot of him if he isn't calling with those. Right. Because now the only two pair is nine eight. Well, nine deuce and eight deuce suited. Sure. Okay, fine, fine. But, like, there's very few of those left, right? Uh, Yeah, there's 
That's correct. Well, there's, there's like two there's of three, each. There's three eight deuces and two nine deuces. Okay. So there's five combos of that, but then there's 16 combos of nine eight. I guess there aren't because there's two no, on the board. there's eight. So there's nine combos. Nine combos. Nine yeah. combos. Yeah, so we're at 14 combos. And then besides that... He's probably got sets of deuces also. Okay, sure. Maybe he can have sets of eights once in a while, too. Yeah, or nines even. Who knows? Maybe. Under the gun limped, it's the first hand of the final yeah, table. maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay, you know. so he can have some sets, too. But there aren't that many combos we're, we're losing to when we look at all the draws. If we think this player, though, the question is this. Some players are just always have it when they raise here, and you can actually fold tens, right? Yeah. Um, it's hard, if, if it's hard to find those players. If we don't know anything about this guy, you just have to... You can't fold tens yet. Right. You just have to call. And this is one of those things where, like, limping tens preflop sucks because... Now we're in this spot that's very uncomfortable. Ace-8 would have very right. likely folded had we made an 800K, 900K preflop, right? Sure. But instead, we're in this spot. Yep. We did this to ourselves, is what I'm going to say. Like, if we made a 900K preflop, maybe Phil calls out of the big blind and the queen-jack calls, and we get to C-bet and win a pretty big pot. Yep. And it's pretty nice. And it's super straightforward. Yeah. Instead, here we are. But it is straightforward now to call. I mean, we still actually have... We're in a, actually in a great situation as long as we don't fold. Right. It just is uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm talking mostly about the discomfort. Yeah. Life is about little moments. And you don't want those little moments to be discomforting. Discomforting? Yeah. I think discomfort is what drives growth. Well, you're like the evil part of the yin-yang. Oh, wow. I just want all the people to be happy. And you want them to be uncomfortable That's not for evil. your profits. You want to <laughs> squeeze a little profit out of the working man. Where did, where did the profit come in? I just said growth. Yeah. Like... We don't know that growth means profit in this business of poker guysing. Yeah. I mean, I do mean my money. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to mean that. Everybody give Jonathan 0.01 Bitcoin. You don't have to give me that much if it's everybody. I can take less. Yeah. Actually, we're going to run out of Bitcoin anyway. You can give me less. Okay. I'll take 0.001 if everyone does it. That's it's actually fine. really generous. Yeah. It's not that much money these days, right? It's like 20 bucks. 0.001. It's one millibit. It's 20 bucks. Give me 20 bucks. Everywhere in the world. <laughs> yeah. That'd See, be- I just played all of you because now I have like so much. You have like $16 billion. Yeah. So who's the fucking cool one now? Me. Wait, $160 billion. Not 16. Got that wrong. Oh, because 20, not two. Yeah. Congratulations. $160 billion. I'm going to go buy myself a milkshake and something else. Maybe a cookie. Maybe. Maybe a comic book. Don't go that far. I might buy one. I haven't decided. <laughs> okay. All right. You have time. You have okay. time to think about it. Anyway. All right. So we've got the call by Vuong. Yeah. The pot is now 4.65 million. The board is eight of diamonds, nine of clubs, deuce of diamonds. Alex is the check raiser out of the small blind with ace eight off. No diamond. Vuong has two tens with a diamond. The turn is the deuce of spades. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you see what happens. Because I see what you did to yourself there. What? You did all this, uh, all this reminding everyone what everyone has, all the thing, and now you're like, shit, we're supposed to do the nitrogen ad. But then why did I just tell everyone all this data that I'm going to tell them again as soon as the ad's over? Maybe right? we'll just do the ad later. Well, but is that, is that not part of your thought process? Was that, were you thinking about that at all? I actually wasn't until... Really? Yeah, until you started laughing. Oh, you, you were just I thought you were laughing because you looked at the hand again and you were like, oh, that's <laughs> funny. No, I was laughing because I was like, oh, he's gonna, he did all this and it's not going to matter. Well, we're going to do that again. We might as well do the ad now and guess who's well, going to do it. Who? Jonathan Lee. Okay, I can handle it. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have a good time, though. All right. All right, here's the thing, people. 
Just you and me now. Okay, let's huddle up. All right, bring it in. Bring it in. Okay, <laughs> listen. Okay. There's this place. It's called Measures Sports Poker. It's really cool. It's good. There's a link to it in uh, the description of this podcast by the freaking way. And you're a chump if you don't click on that link and link to it and sign up. And I'll tell you why. Because chumps, chumps suck. And, <laughs> yeah, they do. And you don't want to be one of those people. And, if you're, and cool people click on it. Because it gives them opportunities, opportunities to grow, opportunities to learn, opportunities to make that money, people. And the money, <laughs> yeah, and the money, it comes from places. All right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does come from places. <laughs> it comes from banks and people. <laughs> so, so there's this tournament. <laughs> Jonathan is broken again. It's been a while since Jonathan's been broken like this. There's this you gotta play, people. Woo, a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand? That would be good. No, it's not that much. A thousand buy-ins guaranteed. <laughs> you have to do it. I can't believe Jonathan's face is so contorted right now. It's so easy. He's woo. Thousand buy-ins guaranteed. You sons of bitches. This better not ever happen when you're driving. Uh-huh. What happens if the, has this ever happened while you're driving? No. I don't let myself feel good when I drive because <laughs> <laughs> okay. this is the, it's always a danger. Ooh, any heavy machinery, I cannot, uh, I can't, I can't let myself go a little bit. But as soon as the, like the nitrogen ad starts, I know it's uh, free reign. What he was, what he was trying to say, yeah, is there's a tournament that you can only access if you use the link in the description of the podcast when you sign up. It is guaranteed 100 millibits. The buy-in is 0.1 millibits. That means the guarantee is 1,000 times the buy-in, and they cap it at 300 players. Do a little math, you dummies. It's a good deal. <laughs> I mean, I, I already said all that. Yeah, you did. Pretty eloquently. I am sorry. It's okay. I just wanted to show people what it would be like if somebody did the ad worse than you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I was doing. You did a great job yeah. showing them that. Yeah. Also, of course, on Nitrogen, there's sports betting, there's casino games. Blah, blah, blah. There's a cacophony of wonders. Yeah. Go do the thing. Yeah. All right. Good job. Let's go get a quesadilla. Fabulous. Sounds pretty good, right? Ah, jeez. It's been so long. So, so long. Stop being a baby and eat a quesadilla. Jeez. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, cheese. So, let's recap the action as you... Yeah, please. What does everyone have? What's the board? All right. The board is eight, nine deuce with two diamonds. Alex has ace eight. He's the check raiser out of the small blind. No diamond in his, his hand. Vuong has two tens with a diamond. He's called the check raise. 4.65 million in the pot. The turn is the deuce of spades. Yeah. The deuce of spades. Hey. This is actually a pretty great card for pocket tens, I must it say. It is an incredibly good card. When we were talking about the combos that Vuong was afraid of, this significantly cuts them down as far as what's a problem now because... Eight nine is no longer a problem. That was the the big chunk of the combos. That was nine combos. We also knocked out uh, the nine deuce of spades and the eight deuce of spades. Yep. Which that's another two combos. That's super sweet. So we're down to three combos instead of sixteen. Wow, really? I think oh, so. Th- oh, three combos of nine deuce and eight deuce. Yeah. I mean, okay. And there's an eight nine doesn't matter anymore. Right. So now, and there's some sets we're losing to, but now there's less sets of deuces, which yeah. is the most likely limp. Right. This is a fabulous card. Yeah. Holy moly. We're, we're in such good shape suddenly. Yeah. All right. Well, I, mean, I don't care how much he bets. I don't care anymore. Here's a question. Should Alex bet again? He's now like 
this is what happens when you yeah. raise and you don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> now, now the turn comes and you're like, uh, what am I supposed to think of this? Like, are you supposed to bet again to deny equity? Are you supposed to bet again to bluff with ace eight on this board? That feels like a weird middle ground that doesn't make any sense. Well, we should do one of those two things rather than bet again for value because we can't get any, right? We're never getting value. Right. So the question is, should we bet or should we check? Right. Um, check calling is reasonable. Betting is at least sort of reasonable here. Now, if we're betting, we're often going to get a fold because the board paired. Yeah. Right? But that's okay because we're trying to deny equity to all the draws. It is a draw-heavy board. I mean, if we're betting, the only purpose is to deny equity, right? Yeah, bluffing doesn't make any sense. What are we trying to get to fold? I guess a nine. A nine, yeah. Which I guess could fold, but again, that deuce, as we said, even for nines, pretty good. Pretty good. It's not beating nine, eight, but... Yeah. There's less combos of the other stuff, and all the draws are still there. So a nine may hold on anyway. Like as t- with pocket tens, I can't imagine folding. Right. So do you want to bu- do you want to bet? I mean, of course I don't want to bet. I want to check. It yeah. seems awful to put more chips in this pot. What the hell are we doing? But at least the reason, at least there's a reason to bet, and the reason would be to deny equity. Right, but that's the only reason, and it's honestly not that great of a reason because you would think if Wong has three bets on the flop, a lot of them are going to be those things that we're trying to deny equity from. That's true. And also, he may also have some raises on the turn with some of those things. Although not when the board pairs. Probably no, not. Probably not. If he's going to uh, make a move with him, yeah. he's probably going to do it on the flop. But yeah, like we can definitely remove a lot of the draws from Vuong's range because he called the flop rather than three-betting it, right? Yep. I think so. So denying equity doesn't have as much value as it might otherwise. Here's the other problem, of course, is like stack to pot is getting a little rough, man. There's 4.65 million in the pot, right? Yes, there is. Like... It's like not even two to one for these guys effective. Like, that's not great. So that makes me more apt to want to check, I guess is what I'm saying, yeah. rather than bet. If, if we bet, I mean, we'll put ourselves in so many weird spots. This is a, a really interesting element of poker and at least No Limit Hold'em and other games that are multi-street games where you have multiple betting times. Where like your previous betting matters so much for your future betting. Like that raise on the flop isn't just a bad raise on the flop for the reasons that it's a bad raise on the flop. It's also bad because what the hell are you supposed to do now? Yeah. Like it's just a bad situation. You've put yourself here. Yeah. I mean, this is why you should be having plans, like right. multi-street plans when you do stuff. And so it's like, if you raise the flop, it shouldn't just be, I raise the flop and, you know, and then you're like a goldfish. Oh, this is not actually true for goldfish, but you're like a goldfish and it's seven seconds later and it's the turn. You have no idea what's, how you got here or what yeah. happened. Like you're supposed to think to yourself, all right, if he calls, this is what I'm going to do on the turn on these kinds of cards. If he, if he raises this, is what I'm going to do, right? We need to have these plans already. Otherwise, we probably shouldn't be raising. Yep. Well, maybe Alex did have a plan. Who knows? But what he, yeah, okay. what he ends up on is betting and betting big. 3.35 into 4.65 million. Well, this will fold out. The draws. Yes. If there are draws, it will fall out the draws. Is he trying to bluff out a nine? He can't be trying to get called by a worse hand at this point. No. There's he, no chance. He, he Agreed. Certainly not. Um, I guess he could also be trying to bluff out a nine. Will a nine fold? I, that card is really a good card for a nine to stick yeah. around. Now, it is a final table yes. with big money on top. I would guess the majority of these players don't get to be in these spots very often, so maybe yes. they overfold. Right. So I mean, Alex could be taking advantage of that. Who knows? He could. But since he raised on the flop, I think we're giving him a little too much credit. Yep. I'm trying to give him too much credit because we've just been shitting on him. So yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, it's not a great spot for a nine, but a nine is probably supposed to hold on, but it may not because of the situation. Yeah. 
But then it also may have folded the flop because of the right. situation too, right? Yeah, if a nine's going to fold now, maybe it would have just folded the flop. As Alex, the, sorry, as is Alex the one with the ace eight? Yeah. So as Alex, so we might think to ourselves, what does our opponent really have here that's a problem? Like, we may know our, let's say we know that Vuong is going to three bet with really strong hands because it's such a wet board. Okay. There's kind of, he can't really have, I mean, he has, maybe he may be at the very top of his range, if that's true. I mean, right. I'm mostly putting him on a nine. Yeah. I'm it's like a, a nine, 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 nine suited, jack nine suited, seven right. nine suited. Right. So if, so we could think to ourselves, we get to deny equity and sometimes fold out the hands that are there too. I mean, that really hinges on being able to fold out a nine. Yeah. We need to actually be able to successfully fold out a nine. If we think we can do that some of the time though, maybe this bet's okay. Yeah, I guess. Now we're in bluff mode. I don't know what mode we were on on the flop, but we're in bluff mode mode now couldn't have been in bluff mode on the flop we just couldn't have been no i don't think so we were in deny equity mode on the flop take it down mode find out where we are mode i'm not sure what the fuck i'm doing i'm just gonna put these chips in now mode that, yeah those modes One yeah those, those are the modes a yeah. lot of players have those modes yep alex may be one of them yeah anyway he bets 3.35 million i get what you're saying i i i hate how alex is playing this hand yeah, yeah. it's bad agreed Vuong calls. I'm not going to talk much about that. That seems super obvious. Like, super obvious. It's a great card. It's a great card. We're like, how about a deuce on the river? Yeah. It makes it the easiest call in the world for us. Or a 10. 10 would be fine, too. Yep. 10 would be good, too. A lot of cards actually are pretty good, but... Deuce and 10 are the best. Deuce and... Well, yeah. A 10 is the best. Anyway, go Anyway, ahead. at this point, Alex is repping, essentially, deuces full of eights or deuces full of nines, right? Mostly. Maybe he has eight nines sometimes, but we're beating that if he's repping that. Eights full of deuces, maybe nines full of deuces maybe, a little yeah, bit Maybe, yeah, but those are less likely, but there's, still possible. That's really it. Yeah, there's just not much here. Well, the river is the four of diamonds, which... Brings the third diamond. Is the third diamond. The pot's 11.35 million now. So we've got two tens with a ten of diamonds in Vuong's hand. Alex has five million back. Yep. Jesus, what have we done to ourselves? And now a diamond comes? This is awful. Yeah, it's eight, nine, deuce, deuce, well, four... The good news is, it's unlikely our opponent has diamonds. Yeah, I guess. Right? Like, we think they're folding diamonds on the turn. Probably. They're supposed to. Yeah. So, should we shove as a bluff, then? Maybe we should. To fold out a nine? It's probably going to work, right? Like, a nine can't really call if we shove here. Yeah. I think we now, now that we're here, I think we should shove. I think so, too. And also, Alex's story makes sense for diamonds. Yes. And our opponent kind of never has diamonds. So unless he's turned to full house, which I guess is possible, but okay, like this is just going to work. Yeah, the problem is we're going to be giving Vuong four to one. We block full houses with an eight in our hand, which is nice too, actually. So now it's really just like pocket nines. And I guess quads. That's it. So there's four combos that can probably call us here. I guess five if we want to give them the other eights. Sure. Five combos that can call. Everything else is a fold. That's pretty good. And mostly he's going to have, like, he limped. Mostly he's going to have, like, 10-9 suited, jack-9 suited. Yeah. I like, I like a shove for sure, even though we're giving him 4-1. to one. Alex does move in. And, yeah, I agree. It's, I don't know what Alex's intention was here or if yeah. he has the nuance behind it. But, yeah, Alex should be the only guy who can have a flush here. And he has the deuces full type hands that Vuong doesn't have. Yep. So, yeah, I actually like it. And Vuong is in a terrible spot with 10s. This is for the majority of Vuong's stack. He's got 1 million more than Alex to start the hand. I mean, here's the problem for Vuong. Does he ever have a hand better than 10s here, ever? Well, that's a good, a good question. In fields like this, though, 
you might convince yourself if I don't know if Wong is a good player or not, yeah. but you might convince yourself if you're a good player that like it doesn't matter. This this guy's not a good player. I am a good player. Distribution yeah. doesn't matter because right. he always has me beat. That's uh, fair, right? Yeah, that's fair. You really are supposed to always be beat here, right? You are. So I guess we can fold no matter what. Yeah. But it sucks. And in fact, we see here's a problem with that thought process, right? Right. This guy who's clearly not good, but is not good in a way that doesn't work for us instead of not being... So, so we're getting exploited by trying to be exploitative. Right. Which is why you, you can't make the argument necessarily that you should only use distribution against good players. Right. You have to also use distribution against bad players sometimes. Yeah. And you, there are guys who always are going to have it here for sure. Yeah. And if you know that, of course you fold tens. You probably fold tens on the turn. Yep. Maybe you fold them on the flop even. Um, the guys who always have it. But the guys who don't, like tens are, I think the best, I think we're raising jacks pre-flop and I would guess maybe we have a slow plate set of nines or eights once in a while because we turn a full house. Maybe. Maybe we want to take a card off before we got it all in or something like that. And then we get there and we're like, okay, well now we'll just you know, be chill. But there's not, most of the time, we're not going to have those hands, right? Most of the time, we're going to three-bet those on the flop, I think. Yep. So, like, geez, it sucks when you fold the top of your range. Well, that's what Vuong does. He folds, yeah. and Alex gets to win the pot. I understand. I don't blame Vuong for folding. No. I don't blame Vuong for how he played it, except for the lack of pre-flop yep. raise, which I, fucked him up. In I really game. don't like anything Alex did, except for the river shove, and that might have just been lucky that it turned out to be good. I feel like that's what it is, quite frankly. I feel like this is the, I don't know what the fuck to do, I'm shoving. Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe he maybe he bet enough on the turn, and he's like, well, okay, he doesn't have a draw. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Like, I'm always losing now, since he did call, and then he sees a card where he can he can steal with. That's, that's reasonable if he's thinking all that. I hesitate to give him that much credit. It's tough because, like, it's interesting because the play works out the same, but... In order to whether or not we can call it a good play depends on intention. Yep. And we can infer intention from previous streets, which feels like maybe the intention isn't necessarily the right intention. I think it's very likely that his th- his thinking wasn't what our thinking is here, and yeah. why why we would shove if we found if if we f- found ourselves in this weird which we spot. would never find ourselves in. I suppose it'd be really hard, but we could be in a spot where we bet enough on the turn that draws can't call. Yep. And we realize that like when the guy calls that we're always losing. Unless we're against Sam Greenwood, because, of course, right. he will call when he's not mathematically supposed to. Yes, even out of position, he'll yeah. do it, yes. But against, like, a, a normal-type player, where we, we can infer pretty straightforward yeah. stuff here, which is reasonable to do. And then we're like, okay, that diamond means only I can have diamonds. Unless you have a slow-played full house, I'm just always going to win this pot. Hey, sorry to put you on the spot here, but do you uh, know the results of this tournament? Were you? I did know the results. I may know the results again. Hold on. I'm not going to know the results anytime soon. Not going to get the results. Okay. Well, uh, somebody won $270,000, or more likely there was a chop of some type in a field like this, I would guess, especially with the super top-heavy nature. Yeah, something like that. What you just said, all the things you said, probably. Yeah. I oh. did. Phil Helmuth did not win, as you said. Well, that's good for you. Well, yeah. Because you want his legacy. Oh, I got the results. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you who won. I'm, I, you don't really care who won. I'm going to tell you what happened. Phil Helmuth finished fifth. Vuong finished fourth. This feels like the end of one of those movies where they freeze frame on someone yeah. like, he became a newspaper editor. Yeah. Um, and the other guy is Alex. Yeah. He finished seventh. So Vuong ended up making 92, almost 93,000. Alex won 34,000. So maybe Alex is just hyper aggressive and it bit him pretty soon after this hand. Maybe. Or maybe, you know, he just got coolered or isn't good. I'm going to guess he's hyper aggressive and not that good. If he's hyper aggressive, he might have raised ace eight off pre. 
Okay, maybe not. He's like a little bit less aggressive than that, but still. Just saying. As, he's as aggressive as you can be with that action as part of your arsenal. You see, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, Phil Homie finished fifth. Phil How did Homie. he miracle his way into $96,000? I don't even know. 96000 yeah, oh, they must. They clearly made a deal. Yeah, they here. clearly made a deal. Yeah, here. with five, five-handed, it looks like they made a deal. So first place was, yeah, they flattened it out for themselves. Which you absolutely should. Yeah. And w- with this ridiculousness of the top-heavy nature of this thing, and when we're at nine-handed, like 40 blinds is the biggest stack, so it's going to get super high variance when you get short. It actually looks like they made uh, maybe even two deals. Five, when they were five-handed, maybe again when they were three-handed. But yeah, Phil, Phil actually finished fifth, but got the fourth most amount of money. Good for him. Yep. Another win for Phil. He did it again. Congratulations, Phil. We're all rooting for you.